stars could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The driver on the highway is safe not when he reads the signs, but when he obeys them. Aiden Tozer. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. And there's some exciting news. Be The Star You Are is presenting a virtual magic show with a renowned Irish magician on Saturday, April 23rd at noon Pacific time. The magic show is for all ages and is free, but you must register so that we can send you the Zoom link. Go to www.bethestarur.com starur.org. Hello, I'm Ruhani, your host for today's show. Our theme for today is mobility with Gen Z. So this is all about driving. In segment two, I will be sharing some statistics about teenagers on the road. In segment three, I will be reading some of my original poetry. And right now I'll be talking to new reporter Kevin Chu with his segment, AI and Us. Welcome, Kevin. Hi everybody, I'm Kevin Chu, the newest reporter for Be The Star You Are. My segment is AI and Us, which talks about AI, how AI can and does affect our lives. Today, I'm going to be talking about how AI is part of why Gen Z won't get driver's license and how to kind of get around instead. The current most prominent generation, also called Gen Z, was born when the internet and technology like iPhones and AI were very widespread. Thus, they're pretty used to the idea of advanced technologies playing a crucial part in their lives, ranging from helping to organize their day to assisting in cleaning the house including the house. Advanced cars and vehicles have always been a very popular concept among the general populace, flying cars, hoverboards, and so on. This group also includes cars driven by artificial intelligence, which has always been predicted as coming sooner rather than later. Now, if you put two and two together, it's easy to see that the expectation for AI-controlled cars has caused at least some of Gen Z to refrain from getting driver's license. After all, driver's licenses are pretty hard to get nowadays if you're not 18 yet. It might require you put in days worth of supervised driving hours to advance from a license to a permit, while 
uh, other places have raised the age of eligibility for a driver's license to 18. In addition, driving anxiety or the fear of losing control is also very scary. When you're behind the wheel, you're responsible for whatever happens to you, your passengers, and the car itself. It's a terrifying and heavy responsibility that not everybody can handle or wants to handle. A self-driving vehicle solves those issues for adolescents. If you're not going to be driving with a car anyway yourself, you probably won't even need a full license and just a permit. Or if they develop enough, you won't need any training self driver's self-driving car, or whatever they call it when you're in the driver's seat of a self-driving car. Do you generally call it driving when, you're not, when they're not actually doing anything? Are you a first-class passenger? The captain? I digress. Or maybe not. If you're not actually driving the car, you hardly have any responsibility for what happens. It might be seen as not being able to control anything and being unable to control what happens to you, which can be pretty special for many, but it can also be relieving for others. Many teens are quite unconfident and unable to trust themselves to get it right. Being put into a position of power and control, like the driver of a car, and being given the duty of making sure nothing goes wrong is the most terrifying thing for them. With a self-driving car, a crushing responsibility isn't placed on the soldiers, and they're able to relax while still getting the benefits of fast personal transportation. It's a fantastic deal for anybody unconfident or nervous about their driving skills, especially since it only requires some patience and extra investment in return for sweet tranquility. Summarize, part of the reason why when Gen Z won't drive is that some of them believe it'll be more prudent, simple, and easy just to purchase a self-driving car in the future rather than get a license and drive themselves. Now that we've gone over how self-driving cars have affected Gen Z's willingness to get a driver's license at this point, exactly how viable is the thought that self-driving cars will become widespread and not require driver's license in the future? To determine that, we are going to have to talk about the six levels of self-driving cars. First level, level zero, I know, it's weird. The car can't do anything with, without user input other than giving information. In the second level, level one, the car can interfere in minor ways, like ensure you're in the lane on the highway. Level two cars are multiple functions can be active at one time and can allow drivers to take their hands off the wheel, albeit briefly. Level three cars can drive themselves under limited conditions, but still require a driver in some situations. These cars are rare, with only Mercedes-Benz and Honda currently producing them. Finally, level four and level five cars are the domain of fully automated driving. Level four cars can drive themselves on their roads. It may or may not have pedals on a steering wheel, while level five can go on any road and don't have pedals on a steering wheel at all. Level four is in limited testing, while level five is purely theoretical. Now, let's be re re realistic and assume that only level five doesn't require driver's license or permit, since some level four cars, so level four cars there's still steering wheels and pedals. Given that level 5 hasn't been made yet, with level 4 just being, being just barely developed, I give it 10, maybe even 12 to 15 years until level 5 is completed. For level 4, perhaps just half of that, so fully automated driving is quite far in the future. Given my estimation is quite a uh, mystic point as well, it can be seen there's not going to be any truly, any truly self-driving cars in the future anytime soon. However, Gen Z isn't only abstaining from driverhood because they expect more advanced cars to show up. Another reason why teens won't get driver's licenses and the like is because of how advanced and convenient public transportation, as well as other alternatives such as Uber, have become with the assistance of AI. Uber is a viral app that's usually hire quick and easy transportation to any place you want. It's simple to install and use, only costs as much as taxi or even less, and is as efficient and fast. Through the use of AI, it's able to pinpoint where the person who hired Uber is and get there quickly, forecast possible future orders to be on standby, and find the best way to reach the destination. It's incredibly convenient for people who don't have cars. 
can access it anywhere at any time, and the only fee you have to pay is the one when you hire a driver. There's no gas fees either. If people live in the city, you don't have to pay for any parking fees too. Again, it's just that convenient, simple, and cheap, as long as you don't use it excessively. With Uber and other apps like it, why would you even need a car or driver's license in the first place? In addition, public transportation itself has also become more practical due to Uber. Just like Uber, most transit systems like buses are able to find the optimal route to the destination while reducing resource usage, making it more efficient than ever. In some cities, NAI even calculates and monitors the entire transit system to make sure there aren't any gridlocks or traffic jams that clog up a multitude of streets. Through AI, alternatives to owning and driving one's car have become much more effective. Transporting people isn't the only thing that has become more efficient. Transportation of anything, including where people would normally go out, go out to eat, has become much more efficient as well. Take Uber Eats, for example. Through AI, Uber Eats is able to give recommendations of the best restaurants, what to order at said restaurant, the estimated time of arrival of the food. While the previous generations usually went out to eat if they didn't want to eat home-cooked or microwave food, Gen Z doesn't necessarily need to go out. Gen Z doesn't necessarily need to go out if they want to eat out. With less reasons to travel to the house, there's also less reasons to get a method to travel out of the house, namely cars. Amazon, the best site and company to get what you want, my not-so-humble opinion, has also incorporated AI into its working success extensively. Through it, Amazon is able to accurately give online shoppers recognition of exactly what they want or need, enabling their shoppers to have everything delivered to them without ever needing to go outside the house and buy them at a store. Again, since they don't need to go outside the house, there's not a dire need for them to own cars, since they, which can be quite costly to buy and obtain. AI is an amazing supplementary tool for many means of transport. It allows them to pinpoint where the destination is, find the optimal route, and make traveling in general much more efficient and convenient than ever before. And in the future, it might even turn driving one's own car into real sport, not a necessity. AI has endless possibilities and untapped debt to utilities. And if used well, make the world a much better place than it is now. As long as people aren't stupid and stupid and create a homicide robot, we be fine. Actually, you scratch that presumed. People aren't that smart after all, are they? Wow, thank you so much, Kevin. And I love that ending. I do not think we're that smart. Um, and it was so interesting to hear about how AI has really impacted everything, including like the driving industry and how that impacts our generation. And I was wondering. How long do you think it'll take for, you know, like fully self-driving cars to become widespread after they're made? Mm, there's, well, there's several things to count for that. Uh, there's thing, several things to count for how long it'll take uh, self-driving cars to become widespread after they're made. Uh, those things include how many companies can make them, how costly it is to buy and maintain those cars, and the economy and resource availability in general. After the first companies he sees in making, a, making AI cars, it could still take quite a while for large companies worldwide to be able to replicate the technology. The cost of those AI cars is also going to be pretty costly, so not everybody is going to buy them instantly. People also might doubt the AI cars and say that it doesn't work and it's going to kill you killed or how it'll take away the freedom to drive or something along those lines. If that sounds dumb, your hopes for, your hopes for humanity are obviously far too high. If you assume that economy and resources availability is more than satisfying your production, might take maybe 10, 20 years to maybe to become widespread after they're made. Wow, so we have some time then. Um, I remember it was like all the rave like a few years ago. I don't know, like Google came out with something and then we haven't really heard about it since then. And it is um, 
really interesting to see how the de development will go. And do you think would an AI made for transportation in one city work in another? Uh, it's kind of, I'd say, a slightly ambiguous no, because on one hand, if it's a machine learning AI that's been trained to, I guess, learn how to uh, use in the city, uh, where to go in the city, then it's going to be difficult for it to navigate another city since it hasn't experienced the city before. But if it's a, a different type of AI uh, that like surf, that surfs the web it, uh, and search for current friends, stuff like that, and navigates using that map, then I think it probably won't have a problem. Uh, of course, it might because maybe there's some conditions in that new city that aren't, I guess, the same in the other city, like weather, uh, night, day, things like that. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Well, I guess it'll be ready by the time we're like 60, but still. Um, so I also was curious about this. If, you know, like fully self-driving cars ever become as widespread as people imagine them to be, like you were talking about, um, what will be done with all of the older, non-advanced cars, like the ones we use now? Uh, by the time they become as widespread as you know, people imagine them to be, the older cars will probably be treated as minor antiques and maybe bought up by some car collectors, but that's not going to be for a lot of other cars. If I had to guess, most of the car companies uh, will probably allow them to, I guess, turn in their old cars for a chance to buy uh, new AI cars at a cheaper price, like how they do for iPhones at Apple stores. People also might just keep their old cars just in case the air feels, at least in the beginning, or as a reminder of the good old days. Yeah, I can imagine saying back in my day, we used to actually drive our cars. That would be really funny to say. And, you know, these days, like, everyone has a Tesla, and they're always, like, advertising their self-driving cars. So what level are they at? Are they going to reach that scale that we were talking about, or does it have some time left? Uh, for Tesla's cars, uh, the most advanced expensive versions, at least, autopilot version, are at level two so far. And they've probably announced quite a bit, they'll be striving for level five. However, to be honest, most of the advertising they use is mostly just Elon Musk <laughs> being very overly optimistic considering how many times we've, you know, reached a deadline and they still have not come out with level five and things like that. So while they probably will reach it, it's probably not going to be as fast as Tesla claims it will be. Oh, I see. And did you just see that Elon Musk, he bought like a 9% stake on Twitter, I think? It's pretty... <laughs> Interesting to see. That's what he's doing. Um, so I have one more question. So what are some faults of AI cars that would have to be looked out for? for? Uh, one of those faults is pretty semi-popular. Have you seen, have you seen that picture where there's a baby and a senior on the road with a car heading towards them and a cliff to one side and a rock wall on the other? That's a picture relating to whether or not AI cars, if all are the driver and there's no time to stop, to hit an older young person. It's not a very realistic situation, of course. It's not like a baby's that mobile. But it is an incredibly valid question. If an AI car has to choose who to kill in the end, who will it choose? Rather, who should we program to choose? Let's have an AI question more more in general. Not I guess. Either way, that is one fault of AI cars. It can make it can might not make the correct decision or most rational one if it's put in a completely unexpected situation. Another one is if, for some unknown reason, a person in their AI car is left stranded somewhere without roads or nearby recorded landmarks. If that happens, it's likely the AI car will be incredibly confused and able to function properly, possibly putting the driver, slash first-class passenger, staff captain, and payroll. 
Yeah, I, I can imagine it'll be like pretty scary once, you know, you're not in control of it. But I'm sure technology will be advanced enough for us to trust it. Or maybe not. We'll just we'll just have to see. Um, but thank you for all of that. I learned a lot. But unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment. But I will be talking more about driving and some statistics about teenagers on the road in the next segment. Make sure you stay tuned. Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First Film Critic Review, all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel show the world your smile be the star you are if you are ready to be inspired energized and edutained you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Everyone, welcome back to Express Yourself. So today's theme is all about driving. So I decided to share some statistics about teenagers on the road. So personally, I don't drive, even though I know I probably should. Um, I've just turned 17. So I made this decision to get my license when I'm 18. And I did this because I'm like, pretty busy right now with different things and I I don't really have time to like get behind the wheel without like freaking out and I also don't want to go through the permit process just straight to getting my license 
So that is my plan. My brother also did that and it worked out for him. And I was curious to see, like Kevin was talking about, that less and less of Gen Z is driving. And I actually learned about this phenomenon in my history and human geography class. So the baby boomer generation, like in the 60s and 70s, they viewed the car as a sort of symbol for freedom. And it was like you're on your way to independence. But these days, um, however, the car is just a way for young people to like get to point A to point B kind of. And this can be attributed to many things. You know, we've been granted lots of freedom already through the internet and other various forms of media. And there's also been a rise in rideshare apps, like Kevin was saying, like Uber and Lyft that can cause people to simply not want to drive when someone else will take you for a reasonable enough price. And one thing is also like environmental concerns and young people might want to limit driving because of it. Also, the cost of cars and gas, it might just not be appealing to young people, especially if they're living in like a big city or something. And the statistics actually reflect this. And I found these from an article by USA Today. So this is from data collected from the Federal Highway Administration, and it was analyzed by Green Car Congress. So it showed that in 2018, 61% of 18-year-olds in the U.S. had a driver's license, down from 80% in 1983, and the number of 16-year-olds with licenses decreased from 46 to 25% in the same period, which is pretty crazy to think about. But, you know, obviously teenagers are still driving. I know a lot of people in my school do. Our parking lots are full every morning. And if you are one of those teens who drive, you probably know and and I don't have to say this, but how important it is to stay safe on the road. And here are some statistics on teen road accidents, and some of them are quite sad. So the first one is that teenagers are responsible for 500,000 car crashes in the U.S. annually. So it's from KBB. And all in all, there are 6 million car crashes in the U.S. every year. And there are no exact numbers provided, but estimated it's teenagers are responsible for half a million of them and it is really disturbing and most of the fatal teen car crashes occur within six months after getting a license and that's based on teenage crash statistics it's very sad and you know i don't really believe in the stereotypes that teenagers tend to be like bad drivers it's probably just like when you're young you're getting used to the road and it's so important not to be distracted by things which I'll get into a bit more later. So in 2019, here's another one. In 2019, 52% of fatal motor um, vehicle crashes that included teens occurred on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And it's from the CDC. And it's not very um, crazy, like the statistic. You would assume that it happens on the weekend. And it's probably due to the fact that on the weekend, they are more likely to consume alcohol and get behind the wheel, which is obviously no one needs to say how terrible drunk driving is, yet it still persists. And, you know, buzz driving is drunk driving, even if you think you're still sober enough to get on the road, you're probably not. And this is also kind of related to this, is more than 40% of fatal crashes involving teens occurred between 9 p.m and 6 a.m. in 2019. So basically the statistics imply that four in 10 fatal teen crashes happened at night. 
And that is why 40 U.S. states have decided to restrict night driving for new drivers. And I think um, one of my friends, they, we like went somewhere and they wouldn't take me after like, like they wouldn't take me home after because of the law. And I did not even know that existed. But yeah, I was pretty responsible of her to do so. Um, here's another one. As per a study, 87% of teens and young adults use a seatbelt in the front seat. And this is pretty good. Um, teen drivers do appear to be pretty um, careful with one of the essential aspects of road safety seatbelts. And I always wear my seatbelt in the front. I always have been because ever since I was little, my mom would just tell me, put on your seatbelt. And I didn't start sitting in the front seat till I was around 11 years old. And it just felt so crazy to me. I thought it was like such a big kid thing to do. But hopefully I get behind the wheel soon and I'll follow all the advice I'm saying right now. So this is another one. It's kind of scary to think about is teenage crash rates increase with the number of teen passengers. So this is from the CDC again, and the crash risk for teenage drivers does increase for the number of teenage or young adult passengers. So there are these restrictions for driving passengers, and honestly, I do support it. I don't think more than, it, I think also it depends on the driver's comfort level. Obviously, if they've been driving for a while, like they're 18 or 19, it might be easier for them to take you around places, but if your friend has just gotten their license and they're not comfortable with driving, like, four to five people, then you really shouldn't push it. I think um, you should just do what's best and make sure you're trying to distract the driver. I feel like this happens very often. Like, I feel like if you keep talking to them, especially when if it like, looks like they're trying to turn or do U-turn or park or something, like make sure you give them their space. I've seen that with my friends because um, they've just gotten their license and it's more comfortable for them to wait and talk to you after they've done the task at hand. And also, this is also from the CDC, that teens are less likely to recognize hazardous situations. So this is no surprise. Again, I don't think the brain has fully developed until like 25 or something. So young drivers are more likely to develop these reckless and risky driving habits, you know, leading to an increased likelihood of violations and accidents. So this is like disregarding the basic driving safety facts. And it's pretty common in the first few months on the road, which I hope, again, everyone who's looking to getting their license soon understands how important it is to just follow what might seem like kind of like mundane little rules, but I'm pretty sure they will help you in the long run. So this is also pretty scary is that young drivers account for over 50% of car crashes caused by tiredness or drowsiness. And Maybe this is because, you know, a lot of teenagers don't get that recommended eight to 10 hours of sleep every night. And, you know, most states do limit nighttime driving for teens, around 60% of them, 60% um, of fatal crashes caused by drivers between 16 and 17 happen, like I said, between the hours of 9 p.m. and midnight. So, yeah, I mean, if you're tired, obviously this is a given, don't drive. I mean, I know in some cases, like, you have no choice, but I feel like if you're young, you just started driving, and if there's someone who can take you, you should probably call them and ask for help, like your parents or something, and if you feel like maybe you're not, um, you don't have anyone else to call, then there's always Uber if you can have it. I feel like 
that also helps a ton. Again, like if you're drunk or you are a little even tipsy, you should always call an Uber or get a ride from a trusted friend, someone you can trust, and they can take you home safely. And this is from the state of Nevada. So statistics of teenage accidents in Nevada note that there were 661 teen vehicle crashes in Nevada in 2019. So that's pretty scary. And I'm not sure why Nevada has so many because the total number of vehicle accidents was 330 that year. So again, young drivers, you know, just stay safe on the road as much as you can. Try not to do these like reckless things. I know that some people... Once in my school parking lot, there was like a race between two people, which is really foolish if you think about it, because it was like, we just got off school. So there's like a lot of traffic, there's pedestrians walking, and then there's like two people or two cars, you know, just trying to cut in front of each other and like race. Um, but now we have like an SRO, a student resource officer. He's like a cop who comes and he'll like have a megaphone and just like yell if, um, people aren't following the traffic rules can be kind of like shrill in the mornings, but I, I do think it probably helps. Um, here's some more statistics. So for 16 to 19 year olds, the fatal crash risk per mile driven is three times higher than drivers age 20 plus. So the chances of car accidents are highest in this age group compared to all other ones. And Teenagers most at risk of these crashes are actually newly licensed males and those driving, like I said earlier, with other teens or young adults as passengers. So, I mean, again, drive with what you're comfortable with. If you don't like having too many passengers, don't feel pressured to take them. And yeah, in 2019, the male drivers aged um, between 16 and 19 were twice more likely to die in a car accident than females of the same age. And they're actually more prone to engage in like dangerous behaviors. So some were speeding, you know, not wearing a seatbelt and doing all the basic things and driving after drinking alcohol, which obviously is never, ever a good idea. And at my school, you know, they've been placing more awareness on this. We've been having like quite a bit of like assemblies and posts of reminders of how to stay safe on the road especially because our parking lots, like I mentioned, are kind of cramped. And um, a lot of the times people are like very close to each other, like near, like I'll be crossing and then the two cars will be coming. They're like super close. So it's important, you know, to stay safe as much as possible. And I found this one pretty interesting. So the days between Memorial Day and Labor Day are the deadliest for teen drivers. This is from NBC. So there are like 100 days between Memorial Day and Labor Day, and this seems to be the time with the most team crashes and car crash uh, fatalities. And it's really sad, but 140, over 140 people have lost their lives in accidents involving teenage drivers during that period in the last decade. And in 2019, 7% of all road casualties were teenagers. So specifically, passenger vehicle occupants accounted for 78% of them, and 9% were pedestrians, 7% were motorcyclists, and 2% were bicyclists and riders in front of the vehicles. And that's one thing that scares me is when I start driving, even when my parents are driving, I'll see like a biker in their lane, which is obviously the right away, but they're like so close to the car. I always get so much anxiety for them. I'm not sure why. So I think that's also a thing to work on is like 
driving anxiety. I think it's a thing. I think I was behind the wheel like one time a few years ago and I don't think I'm like too terrible at it or anything. It's just like so new to me. And I guess like I was mentioning, you know, there's like less and less importance placed on driving. So I wasn't very like interested in it. I never have been. Now I am because, you know, I'll be leaving for college and everything. I do want to live in a big city though. So I don't know, maybe I'll use public transport, but even then I do want to learn how to drive. I feel like it's very important and essential, you know, especially if you're entering adulthood. And this is really sad, but 2,375 teenagers lost their lives in car crashes back in 2019. And it's so saddening to see, especially if they've just gotten, you know, their license, it's more likely for them to go through a car crash. And it's just, again, it's so sad. And a lot of times it can prevent it just by wearing your seatbelt or, you know, not drinking alcohol, that sort of thing. It is so, so sad. And I'm sure that everyone who gets their license has some sense of, you know, what are the basic safety rules and you should always, always follow them. And um, another one is that in the UK, young male drivers are responsible for 80% of young driver deaths as per teen crashes statistics. And this is from the UK Parliament. So it seems like it's pretty universal, whether it's like in the UK or US, it's mainly young male drivers. So in the UK, every fifth driver gets into a car accident during their first year of driving. And it's the young British males who are four times more likely to die or be severely injured while driving compared to drivers aged 25 or over. And going back to like the patterns of when like these car crashes happen, three in 10 teen driver fatalities occurred during the summer. So again, this is really not a surprise. You know, summer is pretty dangerous for like these young and new drivers. Again, more teens are probably on the road that period. You want to go on a road trip with your friends. You know, you come back from a party super late. Like these are all the factors that contribute to it. And again, this is one that cannot be emphasized enough. 17% of these fatal accidents among teens aged 16 to 17 involved drinking alcohol in 2019. So over like 15% of them were like crashes that took their lives involved alcohol. And so they're under the legal drinking age limit. Yeah, alcohol is one of the most common causes of car crash fatalities in that age group. So if you want to change that statistic up a little bit, 50 out of the 295 drivers in that age group who died last year lost their lives due to drinking and driving. Again, you know, you never ever, I mean, obviously I don't recommend drinking underage, but if you are in that situation, never step in a car with someone who you know has like drinking something and never drive when you have drinking something like it's really not worth the risk at all. And another one is that 48% of those aged 12 to 17 have been in a car with a driver that was texting. So this is obviously another one along with, you know, the distractions of other passengers, you know, being under the influence is that texting can make you lose your life. And almost half of preteens and teens that have been in a car with a driver that prioritized texting over 
his and his passengers' safety. And 63% of young drivers have been witnesses to their parents texting or talking on the phone when driving. Um, you know, it's pretty common to see, like, someone takes a phone while you're driving. And that's why I feel like just put it on your speakerphone, put it on the seat next to you is probably the best idea. And don't text at all. My mom, she uses voice text, which helps. But, you know, I bet I think the safest way is just to not touch your phone at all. Maybe pull over if it's urgent. Again, nothing is worth the risk of your life. And in 2019, 39% of high school uh, students who had driven in the past 30 days admitted to texting and driving. And again, I know it's tempting, especially if your phone's buzzing, but nothing is worth the risk. And according to a study, this one's super interesting, is that a teenager using a phone has the same reaction time as a 70-year-old who isn't using one. So that's how distracting your phone is. It's pretty much as distracting as if you had the mind of a 70-year-old who is driving. Obviously, it is a huge risk to be on your phone. You shouldn't do it while you're driving. And there's so many you know, safer alternatives, you pull over, you use voice text, you put it on speaker, but don't like scroll through your phone or like on TikTok or Instagram or something when you're on the road. And those are all my statistics for today. I hope you learned some interesting facts. I know I did. And please remember to stay safe on the road and do what you're comfortable with while you're driving and make sure you make the right smart decisions Again, nothing is worth your life. And I'll be back with segment three, where I read some of my poetry. Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First Film Critic Review, all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel show the world your smile 
the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hi everyone, I'm Ruhani, your host, and we've been talking about driving the whole show, and I actually have a poem I wrote a while back that talks about driving past, you know, like old sites and feeling a lot of nostalgia. Again, I I can't drive just yet, but I'll get my license soon enough, I hope, and I can assure you if I did drive, I would definitely feel these emotions. So here it goes. Life will always be a series of patterns, but once it was fun. Innate curiosity and built innocence, imaginative days underneath the summer sun. Middle school and high school had seemed so far. I romanticized a future that never came and impatiently waited for my first kiss, first dance, first car. Now I drive past the old buildings, knowing that I'm still young, but there's something I sorely miss sweet taste of oblivion on my tongue so yeah that was my short little poem on you know like driving past old sites and missing the past and yeah so while we're still on the topic of nostalgia I actually wrote this poem on my 17th birthday which was in March and I did have a lot of fun I'm a genuinely happy person but you know I'm a dramatic writer so I had to do some introspection and pulled these like bittersweet feelings on paper. So I hope you enjoy this one. Here it goes. There's something so sinister about regretting how you spent your youth while you're still so young. I've been alive for 6,205 days and sometimes I regret about half of them. Regret the nights of damp pillowcases and hoping for my brain to work fast enough so I could enter a new age with some semblance of pride. Regret the obsessive consumption of girls with skinny eyebrows and skinny ankles and thinking if I stared hard enough, I would somehow morph into them on my birthday. Regret going up too fast, yet not growing up enough. Regret the time unspent and the words unsaid. Regret having to enter 17 while still mourning 16. Because as I blow my candles... All I'll think about is what I've lost instead of what I'll gain. I hope these feelings go away before the last flame. So yeah, reading it aloud reminds me of just how dramatic I am. But hey, if it helps me write, then that's perfect. Again, poetry is a very introspective process. I love just 
putting whatever I feel at the moment on paper really is cathartic. And that's what I do on my birthdays. I usually write a couple of poems just to lament on everything that's happened in my life so far. Not a lot because I'm still very young. But yeah, it really helps me put things in perspective. No matter what I'm going through, just jotting down a few words. It doesn't always have to be like poetry, but just a few words on how I'm feeling at the moment just helps me understand myself better. And I really recommend it for everyone. I genuinely believe that everyone is a writer and everyone has the ability to write. You just have to pull it out of you. And again, there's no set way to do it, no set process. There will be days where I don't feel like writing at all. And then all of a sudden, I'll just write so much that I get sick of it. So again, the process is different for everyone. And it's so much fun for me. And I have some more to share with you. And this is based on a theory that I read about somewhere. And I'll elaborate about it more in the poem. And I actually titled this one. I quite like it. It's called The Fallen Tree. So here it goes. I learned a theory once. I don't remember when. Yet I can recite it verbatim. If a tree falls in a forest, but no one is there to witness it, the tree hasn't actually fallen. I apply this to me and you to make some sense of it all. Nobody was there to see the final hailstorm, how we toppled without finesse, how we ingested the damp earth like poison. Our branches of endearment turned forest for kindling. So if nobody saw us fall, are we still standing? And then I remember there are no witnesses to our growth either. No one saw the roots of intimacy sprout every time your fingertips trace constellations on my spine. I wish somebody could have captured how we thrived in the hushed tenderness, for I'm starting to think we never existed at all. So I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I I did learn about that theory before that if if you see something fall, or if something falls, but no one is there to see it, then maybe it hasn't actually fallen. It's just the way you think about things. And it stuck with me for a long time. So I just wrote that little poem, and I think it's pretty cute. And now I have a poem that's dedicated to a special someone, if she's listening. So sometimes my best friend, Taylin, tunes into the show, onto the show. So I wrote this one for her and how much I appreciate our friendship. I want to string together the prettiest words for you in hopes of fully conveying the depth of my gratitude. To have you in my life, a blessing that was never disguised. You entered it with grace, as if you already knew, knew you were the missing part in my life, the other half I desperately needed. For the longest time, I thought friendship was a casual affair, not something you put your heart and soul into. It came and went, no need for ritualistic mourning, or it was something wretched and burdensome, carrying the problems of others before sinking into welcome solitude. Yet now it feels impossible to bear a day alone, unless there's the promise of talking to you afterward. You will forever be a part of my heart and soul, and the feeling will strengthen over time. And it is impossible to fully describe how pure it is, how lucky I am to be so comfortable with someone that you consider them your second half. So yeah, that one was for my best friend. 
Again, Talon, if you're listening, I do mean every word I write. I'm not usually very sappy, and we're not very sappy, but I really do mean it. And if you're not listening, I will make you listen anyway and send you this snippet. And now I have one more that I'm going to share with you all today. I really like this one. So again, you might see that most of my poetry is like quite dramatic and angsty and very teenage-like, but there's sometimes that... So I appreciate like little beautiful things in life or the beautiful people in my life. And I genuinely have so many. And like the poem I just read for my friend, I do appreciate all of them. And, you know, keeping them around is such an important thing to do. I love all my friends so much and hanging out with them is so much fun. And whether we're just like driving or walking around school or, you know, even just calling, it makes my day. So, again, thank you to all my friends and my wonderful family. So this one is called Yellow, and again, just writing about the beautiful things in life, and I hope you enjoy. I believe you emerged from a field of yellow flowers with that wild in your eyes, bringing warmth to those who have the privilege of loving you. You remind me of lemon drizzle cakes and canaries perched on the windowsill and the summer days where euphoric memories are made. You are all the beautiful, bright things in one. You are sunshine personified. So yeah, that was my small little poem about, you know, just sing. Like right now it's summer and I genuinely feel that when the weather gets warmer, I feel so much happier. And I love writing poems that kind of make you taste something or feel something, you know, describing yellow food or yellow sights that makes me feel so happy. Yellow is my favorite color. And now that we enter the summer, I'm going to be wearing yellow a lot more often and just enjoying this wonderful, wonderful warm weather. So I hope you enjoyed our show today, but we're out of time for now. But again, like I said in the first segment, there is some exciting news. So Simon Ryan, a renowned uh, magician from Ireland, We'll be doing a virtual show for Express Yourself. So it's on Saturday, April 23rd, 2022. And don't miss out on those magical wonders. It's going to be so much fun. So register by emailing thestarsworkshop at gmail.com. Again, that's thestarsworkshop at gmail.com. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions. Cynthia Bryan, be the star you are. And our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Jairi. Thanks to our guests from across the world. And a huge, huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. And find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Remember to stay safe on the road and drive with caution and care. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself